welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. This is NFL Week 17 of the 2023 season. Cousin Jared, special guest host. This will be your second NFL show mm-hmm. season. And this time we got you covering a lot more games than the last time even. Uh, yeah. We got a packed slate. We can only cover nine games in the show viewer and you may not know why but it's because the software that we're using only allows me to put enough banners to do a pick <laughs> and the game for nine games to have the intro and the outro so this is it it only cast, it cast me at 20 banners and so we use two per game so this is it well the people that have been around for a long time would disagree with that um because there was a time <laughs> where you were literally hosting a show and updating banners <laughs> as we went and we would talk about you know 20 something college football games uh, on on one show, so we did. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. We yeah. didn't do that for long because that was chaos. Like me trying to like update them, and I was like, "Yes, I was and like, so- Jared, keep keep talking, please, please." Yes, and so you viewers <laughs> did I- not know what all was going on in the background, uh, but there was a lot of. And and we've done more when we didn't have the pick, but a lot of people I know like having the pick on the screen. So, um, you know, that's, that's what it was just like the banner for the, the, the game or we, or we didn't have the game. We just had the pick or whatever. And so, uh, but anyway, we got a packed show and I don't see why you wouldn't want a packed show because Mm -hmm. we went seven and one last week. And you know what? That's just been the way it's gone for the most part. The free show picks are 59 and 41. It's a 10% ROI. We love us some dogs here. The A grade sides, Cousin Jared, are 49 and 29. And I, and I looked this up. The average odds of all recommended picks uh, is about even money, which means the average risk or average bet for the A grade, A grade money lines, or the money lines in general, is about plus 110, even money, something like that, to balance out the minus 110. So, so plus 110, probably, I don't know, plus 120. So we're taking more dogs than not. So if you were randomly guessing at the A-grade sides, you'd think you'd be at like 49%, not in the 60s. It's just been yeah. incredible. Yeah. I don't know what else to say except, uh, you know, I, I literally question every week why we don't just like, dilly dally for fun bets everywhere else and just put like all of our money on the nfl because it's just it's just too easy yeah it's it seems it seems to it has gone very well yes uh, i'll be interested to see over the next couple of weeks as we start getting into who is incentivized to win who's not incentivized to win all of those fun things if that will make a difference um but yeah yeah nothing, nothing but good things to say about the nfl season obviously yeah, totals have gone well. We had all three totals that we recommended on show. We did not do a total of the day, so we just had a three on show. Totals of a 14% ROI. All sides we've recommended 13% ROI. Um, if you want more than what we have here, you can sign up with us on Dub Club. The reason you should sign up with us on Dub Club, we try to give out a lot of the A-grade picks here because we want everyone to see how good the NFL model is, uh, of course, but uh, last week, there were two A-grade picks that got added. There's often A-grade picks that are added later in the week. Uh, two weeks ago, it was uh, – gosh, I can't even remember. Two weeks ago, it was somebody. Pittsburgh was one of them that yep. was added last week. Yep. Um, Miami was as well. And, and, and we've already recorded the show. And so I can't then come back and, you know, we've tried multiple shows a week, but like people didn't watch them. So that's on fewer. That's on you. I'm just saying, if you were watching the second shows, like it didn't incentivize us to keep doing them. Um, we found that one show works better. 
as much as we tried some different things to see what people liked. And of course, again, we do always love your your, your feedback, your constructive criticism. We like to hear good ideas. Um, if, if you have any, of course, feel free to comment. Um, but when we get later in the week, A-grade picks, you're missing out on them if you're just here on show. And so that's a good reason to get on Double Club because the A-grade side's done really well. Because you make a great point. It is going to be really interesting to see how things play out. I'm very going to be very leery on week 18. Mm. Um, but I think what I'm using the model for with the totals that we picked out here today that, that I kind of went through and I said, here's what I like. And what do you want to cross out from that list? Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of how we came up with these. And what I was using the model for this week was a little bit different. And it's definitely going to be really extreme this week, this next week, week 18, was the model isn't necessarily going to tell me what to play as much as it's going to tell me what not to play. Right, like I'm looking this direction, but the model saying the price isn't good enough. Just stay away from it. And there were several totals that I instinctively was like, I want to go under, I want to go over, but the model said go the other way. And I was like, well, we're just going to pass that. Yeah, yeah. But if the model didn't disagree. I was like, yes, that's where we're going. Right. We went three unknown totals last week. Let's see if we can keep doing it here. Um, only three A grade picks. Only two A grade picks as of right now. Really, the third one we're holding off on because of some injury updates. So fewer A grade picks right now. But we'll see if we have any more. Later in the week, there's a Thursday night game that is truly terrible, but I feel yeah. pretty good about a teaser leg. And maybe teaser legs involving that game. That'll be Dub Club exclusive. Uh, we've been giving out the teasers. Uh, two weeks ago, I think they went like 4-0, 5-0. Last week, I think they split. We're about 500 on them. Um, so we'll talk about that over on Discord. Game's priced pretty well, but I do think there's a teaser situation there. Um, Saturday, this game looks to be fantastic, looks to be fun, good football. Right now, I think it's priced pretty well. What that tells us is we're going to jump straight to Sunday and the game of the week, Miami at Baltimore. Because, Jared, we could spend an hour just talking this game right here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, now the front runner for the MVP. The MVP race feels very WWE to me. You know, you knock off the belt, <laughs> you get the belt. So yeah. I already told this to the people in the Discord. I said, hey, y'all look out for Tua, who's fourth right now in the MVP odds at like plus a thousand. I'm not saying Tua's going to win it, but if Miami wins this game, like he's going to be talked about. Like that's just the yep. way this season is gone. Yep. Really wasn't really deserving of it. He's a top 10 quarterback, but he has so many weapons that I just didn't think he's like the best quarterback. But hey, everyone was like, the Niners are going to win the NFC. We're going to give it to Purdy. And then now it's like, no, now they've lost. Look like, how oh, good Baltimore yeah. is. It's like, oh, yeah. Lamar. And Lamar's a great quarterback as well. Like, we're going to give it to him. If he loses, it's like, I'm just like, Sam, let's <laughs> if the trend yeah. continues, right? If Miami were to win. Yeah. Way, though, this should be a fantastic game. Look how they're on. If you're with us on YouTube, number one offense for Miami versus Baltimore number two defense. I mean, that is incredible. And the other way won't be bad. Baltimore model likes them at the fifth best offense, Miami the sixth best defense. Uh, Cousin Jared, this is a, a a situation where we've been on Baltimore a lot this season. I've been touting that they've been – they're good. Yeah. People were disrespecting them. Now people are finally respecting them. Model has them ranked number three overall. The model still loves them but says this is a 50-50 game. I've actually got Miami as the number one team slightly ahead of San Francisco right now. Which would, have been, which would have been crazy to say like three weeks ago based on where San Francisco was at and my in Miami, but yeah. we're going to be on Miami here at plus plus one fifty two, a great pick. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. It should be a coin toss, really fun game. This is all about the price because you're the last thing that, that I'll say about this game before I'll let you take over is from an X's and O's standpoint, Baltimore, um, 
was really able to do the one thing that is going to be the 49ers kryptonite, which is force Purdy to throw from the pocket and then get them behind and force them to throw from the pocket even more. Yeah. They lined up perfectly for that. And they executed that game plan very well. I'm not sure it'll be quite the same thing with Miami because it's a different team with different strengths and weaknesses yep. here. I just think it's going to be a great game. I don't know who's going to win. Plus 152, a great price. What are your thoughts? Uh, all, the only thing that I would add to that is, and I feel like we've talked about this a lot. I haven't been on the NFL show, so I have no idea if you talked about it a lot on the NFL show. Um, but even the reason that the A plays, in my opinion, do so well is because there is plenty of room for, for error. Mm -hmm. And so you've got Miami rated number one. Is Miami really number one? I don't know. Are they two? Who are knows? they three? Who knows? But the point is, is that they're in the same zip code as yeah. Baltimore is. And I understand that Baltimore is getting home field advantage here, but one plus 152, like just forget you know, where you might want to play this number at just the fact that you've got two teams that are similar enough and you're getting plus 152 on one of the teams, uh, you know, home field advantage is worth something. It's not worth that much. And, mm -hmm. and so this is like purely for me, like from a value perspective, there's lots of value here. I don't know which of these teams are better. We'll find out on, on Sunday, but this is just too many points for a team that is in the same zip code, same area mm -hmm. code, very similar to, to Baltimore. Yeah, very well said. And I think that's a great point that the um, benefit to the A grades is, again, as we long talk about, that no model is, is right. We aren't saying specifically those rankings on screen are accurate. Um, there's a margin of error to every ranking, whether it's offense, defense, overall, and they're all off a little bit. We don't necessarily know which way they're off, you know. It, it, Miami being number one, it's hard for them to maybe to say that they're even better than the model thinks. That would be a little bit difficult, but uh -huh. it's on the table. Um, yeah. uh, you know, maybe they're a little bit worse, but like the same thing with Baltimore number three, it's hard to think they're that much better than the model thinks. The models love them all season long and has been justified when we've backed them because they've been such a good team. Um, and so that's kind of the point is that we have more of an analytical way to look at these things rather than just be so taken by Baltimore's incredible win uh last week and look at it purely from these are two really good teams um anything can happen in football and that's where the plus odds has helped us a lot because it's people are too enamored with favorites and maybe they win but we you know we win this half the time and we are going to be doing really well so plus 152 for a toss-up game a great value really looking forward to watching that one to a game that I'm not looking forward to watching because Jared, this may actually apply to every single game the rest of the show because there's just not a lot of I mean the, the, the Saturday games gonna be great uh that game Miami Baltimore would be great slim pickings after that you're, you're getting into a lot of terrible matchups a lot of backup or injured quarterbacks um benched quarterbacks yeah yeah one team in playoff contention one team not or both teams not um <laughs> Atlanta and Chicago Atlanta's doing better with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. We backed him last week and you know, he's not good, but Ritter was so terrible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Heineke gives them a fighting chance there and the defense for Atlanta continues to play well and is kind of rebounded a little bit. I think with Heineke playing as we long talked about with Ritter when he was at his worst, the Atlanta defense graded out worse because they were just constantly on the field. 
And, yeah. and that's never good. It allows you to make more mistakes. Uh, you have to play smarter for longer, and that's hard to do uh, with the intensity of the three hours of these games. And, and, and so uh, the Atlanta defense grading out top 10, they're pretty similar to Chicago. We're in a pretty similar situation that first game. Model says coin toss. It leans Chicago, but plus 140 is a pretty good pick. We're going to take the Falcons on the road, which is a little bit of a scary thought because the Falcons have been so much better at home. But part of the home road split, you have to think, was Desmond Ritter uh, being just a more comfortable and a better quarterback at home than anything else. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe that's why we're a little bit more comfortable with uh, Elliot on the road because they have a, a veteran quarterback who – doesn't project to be that much better at home in the road like like yep. with Ritter. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, that that's that is basically it. Um you, you talked about Ritter's poor performance and and we talked about it before we came on, on the show that uh you know Bryce Young for Carolina was in that same area but has shown some improvement lately. I think that that was one of the things spoilers that I, spoilers cousin Jared. Yeah, yeah. Uh well, one of the things that that's one of the things that I noticed about Ritter was like he was at the bottom and you didn't really see any improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh you didn't really see any fall off, but at the same time, it was difficult to fall off when he was expected to, you know, take away 3 points a game. Uh, from the performance of his team, it was difficult for him to to actually get worse. Uh, but you just never really saw that that increase there. And so I was shocked whenever they unbenched him this season mm-hmm. after they originally benched him and, and mm-hmm. brought him back. I mm-hmm. didn't know what they had seen that kind of made that decision. Anyway, I think Heineke is a, a perfectly serviceable quarterback. And the thing you mentioned, Atlanta's defense, you know, having to spend so much time on the field when Ritter was in a quarterback – Atlanta defense is solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's nothing to, to shake, shake a stick at. And this Chicago team, I, I just do not trust their offense. Even though they have shown more glimpses here in the second half of the season, I just don't have any faith in them uh, against a defense that has uh, a pulse, which Atlanta def- definitely does. And also looking at the weather uh, in Chicago on, on Sunday, uh, high of 35, 35% chance of precipitation, some some winds, maybe not super gusty, but a little bit of wind. I think that's just going to accentuate um, Atlanta's good good defensive play. So uh, this is very similar to, to the last game we talked about, except with two not good teams, that it just feels like a straight toss-up and give me uh, plus odds with a, a quarterback that I have much more faith in than I, than I did with, with Ritter, uh, at least with Heineke. I think he's completely serviceable. And, you know, it's interesting that the Bears drafted a quarterback in fields who honestly I think fits Chicago, the city, really well with regards to the weather because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to pick a place to have a running quarterback, a place that can have – nasty cold snow cold wet all the wind i mean that could be potentially one of the windiest stadiums on any given sunday right um having a guy that can be a threat on the ground isn't just relying on the air makes a lot of sense uh but then similarly when you look at atlanta you know heineke's probably not a guy you're going to be testing down the field a lot atlanta's uh you know two of their top three weapons are at running back and tight end uh, catching mm-hmm. the ball yep. and and uh, Bijan John Robinson obviously a fantastic catcher you get him in space so mm-hmm. the wind and, and the elements probably not going to affect the short passing game quite as much either um so Atlanta's kind of a, an even match there it's not like you're going up against a team who just wants to air it out deep and if there's any elements that really just dis- disadvantages them I think it's like oh it kind of it's fine for both of them it's not going to really hurt either one and so that's uh kind of a non a non-factor in this game which could be edge to chicago in some cases i'm just not really sure that's the case 
uh, here. So we're going to back Atlanta plus 140. Uh, similar situation uh, to the previous game, just much weaker quality. Mm-hmm. 1 p.m. Eastern, Las Vegas and Indianapolis. Cousin Jared, Las Vegas, according to sideline, the best defense in the NFL. Now, some of you viewers, you may say that you take issue with that. But when you look at the results of what Las Vegas has done, it's been pretty impressive. Obviously, that outing against the Chiefs this last weekend is kind of the cherry on top. But, um, you know, the Vikings game where they held them to three points all game. Uh, and the Vikings, I think, in the next two weeks put up 24-inch. So it's it's not like the Vikings just can't score. Um, they've had some really good performances are they the best defense as we said at the top of the show with Miami being ranked number one all models are wrong you know it's it's very conceivable that they're only two or three or four or whatever we're just kind of trying to give you an idea of where the model is seeing things to get you to think maybe the narrative that I've been hearing isn't quite right so if someone says Las Vegas just has an okay defense the the, the takeaway from this isn't the model saying they have the best defense the takeaway is saying Model saying their defense might be better than you think. Um, offensively, they aren't good. We know that. Yeah. But overall, it makes them kind of respectable. Cousin Jared, Las Vegas can still win the division, which seems impossible, but it is technically it, on the it table. Is, it is a fact. They would need Kansas City to lose the next two games. But yes, that is a fact. They could still win. <laughs> And, and, and the reason I say that isn't to say they will, because they almost assuredly won't, right? It just takes one thing for that to fall apart. The reason I say that is to simply point out that at this point of the season, any team who can still win the division probably isn't terrible. This game is priced as if Las Vegas is terrible, but yet we're going to have the same theme. And this theme's about to change, folks. So so hang with us here. But the same thing, coin toss game, plus 160, A-grade value. Kissinger, what are your thoughts? Okay, look. Um, I have no idea why this line is the way that it is. Again, we talked about even if sideline is is wrong, like it would and have And again, all be- models are wrong. It's definitely wrong. Yes. On every team. And it's just like it would it has to be like so far wrong. I I don't really know where oh okay. First of all, the Raiders, you mentioned uh great defense. And and since they they fired Josh McDaniels, I, I don't know if I have seen a team that was happier uh mm. to get, get rid mm-hmm. of, of their head coach. And 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 we don't want to make this all negative. They do seem genuinely happy to play for their their interim coach. They do seem to like playing for him and yep. You've heard a lot of the players talk about they want him to, to keep the job. So yeah, even from the positive standpoint too, it's it's not just getting rid of the old guys. They really like the new guy. And, and sometimes that helps, especially when you get to week 17 and 18, where it's it's a long season. It's been tough to focus, right? Can you, yeah. do you have that motivation for the last little push? Yeah. And like you, I, I think you can go back and look at their games um, since McDaniels was fired. And really, obviously the one that, that sticks out is the three nothing loss to the Vikings. Like that one was just... I have no idea what happened in, in that game, but all the rest of the results were respectable. They won a defensive slugfest with the Jets, so to your point of Vegas having a good defense. Um, Jets, good defense too, and, and the Raiders were able to come out on top in, in that one. Lost to the Dolphins, nothing wrong with that. Lost to the Chiefs, mm-hmm. nothing nothing wrong with that. Crushed the Chargers, of course, on that Thursday night game, and then beat the Chiefs last week. Like I really like some of the things that I have seen from the Raiders, whereas you look at it on the other side with the Colts, and I, I know that they've won four of six, 
But look at who those wins were against. They beat Carolina. They beat New England when uh, New England was still – not that it really matters, but when they were still starting Mac Jones. Uh, they, they beat Tampa Bay. Okay, that's that's a good win. I'll give them that one. They beat Tennessee in um, overtime, and they beat Pittsburgh. Uh, that's a, t- a Tennessee team that we've been down on for the back half of the season once they gave up. They, yep. Tennessee's not, not been viewed highly by the model. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Pittsburgh too before they, they went to Rudolph. Um, you know, so – not saying that Rudolph was solved everything for Pittsburgh, but definitely they had some quarterback issues before that. So I am just not impressed with what I've seen from, from Indianapolis on the whole. I, I feel a lot better about when the Raiders have looked good against the top competition that they've played in the past six weeks or so. Uh, they have been much more impressive to me. And so make this line, you know, plus 130. And it's like, okay, maybe you could talk me into that. These two teams are even and, you know, Indianapolis is at home, but like plus 160, I, I cannot get, I, I, I can't. I can't get there. Um, but I told you before I came on, did I ever think in my life I'd be talking about an NFL game between um, Gardner Minshew and Aiden O'Connell? And the answer is no. Uh, no, I did not ever think I would be thinking about that. But here we are. I mean, we've so far, after the first game, uh, we should keep a running tally of this. After the first game with with two of the top uh, two of the top four candidates for the MVP, you know, race at quarterback with two in Lamar, we've covered – uh, Justin Fields, uh, Taylor Heineke, Aiden O'Connell, and Gardner Minshew. And I don't think it's going to get better. I know it's about to not get better with the next game, mm-hmm. um, especially with the potential injury of one of the quarterbacks. Um, but it's going to be quite a show for quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. But I think, again, to just reiterate one last time here, as you were saying, the benefit to the A grades is that we know all the models are wrong and they sometimes are wrong in our direction where we actually have a bigger edge than we realize. Sometimes mm. they're wrong in the direction we have a smaller edge. We realize, and I think that's kind of your point that the model thinks Vegas is better than Indy. Maybe that's not true, right? I don't want to, I'm not trying to definitively say they are, so you don't have to comment about that. I'm not saying that we're saying the, the model puts them there, but there is a margin of error. Understandably, these two teams might be pretty even. And that's yep. kind of what your point is. Even if they are even, and you give the Colts a little bit for home field plus 160 still is way yeah. too good to pass up so we're going to take them there a great pick taking us to 1 p.m this is always a photo for me carolina and jacksonville because these two teams came into the league at the same time and and because in my opinion they kind of revitalized the fun color jersey era of the nfl because jerseys had gotten really lame at this point like the buccaneers had gone away from their really fun jerseys and you got Mm. jacksonville came in with the you know more greenish teal and the panthers came in with a more bluish you know light blue baby blue yeah, a little too, whatever. Uh, and so I always like the, you know, these teams brought us some fun colors again in the NFL. Carolina, not good. But as you kind of teased earlier, Bryce Young, while still not a good quarterback, is slowly moving up his grade every week. He's he's making he's making progress. That's got to be an encouraging thing for Carolina fans. Not to say at this point we've seen enough to say he's absolutely going to be a star NFL quarterback. Just he started from the bottom. And now he's still close to the bottom, but it's yeah. moving yeah. up, right? And that's, yeah. uh, again, you, you know, if you're a Carolina fan, you're probably still disappointed. And I completely understand that. But I'm here just to point out the facts that he's moving in the right direction. And if it, and if he continues to do that in the offseason and next year, by maybe year three, you might actually have a decent quarterback, maybe. And 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 that's something that I don't think I would have said seven weeks ago. I'd have been like, man, this yeah. might be a disaster. We'll find out. Yeah. He's doing a little bit better. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, questionable. If we go down to Bethard, that obviously gets real shaky for them. Because, Jared, I've said all season this Jacksonville team's overrated. They're down to 19 now, according to the sideline. 
Um, they got some wins and the model kind of reluctantly bumped them up because nobody else was winning, right. but they never looked impressive. They got a bunch of lucky wins. They did better in London because they go there every year. So they're very used to it. Mm -hmm. But otherwise the Jacksonville team is decent, but they are just not that good. They don't have a lot of talent. Their defense lets them down one week. Their offense lets them down one week. Sometimes it's half to half. It, it lets them down. They're mm -hmm. the better team, but you're not getting much home field advantage there in Jacksonville. It's one of the weaker ones. In football yep. models is Jacksonville by 5.6. We're going to take the Panthers getting six and a half points. It's a C grade pick. So we're not putting a lot on it, but this is one that I just would not be surprised if this is a close game. And if it's a close game, absolutely Carolina could lose by seven. And that's why this is a C grade pick rather than the B grade pick at seven. It becomes a B grade because having that, you know, or seven and a half, you know, you're even more excited about with the win there, but there's a good chance this is a close game, and I don't really know what happens, but mm, Carolina is mm. still playing hard. Young's looking better. If Trevor Lawrence isn't playing, the Jacksonville team just isn't that much better than Carolina. Because, Jared, I've been impressed with this with the Panthers as of late. They, you know, firing the coach situation, we talk about sometimes that helps a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, for me, this is two teams heading in the opposite direction. Um, feel like Jacksonville is on the way down. You, you mentioned, and – you know, I can attest to it because we were talking about it early in the season. It's like, I don't feel like Jacksonville is the, whatever it was at the time, 10th best team in the NFL, but like, if they're not, who is? Uh, yeah. And I feel like, yeah. so I feel like the number I feel like I say that every week. Yeah, <laughs> whoever's, yeah. Whoever's like number nine in the models, like, I don't think they're the ninth best team, but also I don't know who is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like we're a little bit uh, but more accurate there with 19. Uh, Carolina, I just, I just like what I've seen since they've made the coaching change and <laughs> When that happened, you heard some of the things come out about the development of Bryce Young and the way that they were coaching him, or maybe the the lack of the way that they were coaching him, going even as far as like he hadn't worked on footwork until like week seven of the season. And they were like, oh, his footwork doesn't look good. Maybe we should work on his footwork. Hmm. Um, and so I'm not relaying that to, you know, say how well coached he is being now more along the lines of don't think it could be much worse than, mm. than what it was before. And so I think that you might be onto something there by talking about how his grade has, has gone up. And I think maybe some of that, that coaching, or at least uh, I don't want to say coaching, but like a different approach that they've mm -hmm. taken with him has, has made a difference. So that's why I like taking the six and a half points here is I feel like you got two teams going in the opposite direction. I feel like Carolina has uh, for this season, I, I still think they can improve a little bit more to reach their ceiling for this season. And like Jacksonville, I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like, have we reached the bottom? I'm not mm. sure that uh, there may be some room for them to go down. So mm. uh, I think this is just Carolina, relatively speaking for a two and 13 team peaking at the right time where you need to take the points with them here at the end of the season. And, and even if the Jaguars, even if this is the bottom, this is a bottom low enough that, you know, a team like Carolina, the way they're playing, could easily cover a number like six and a half, which is a relatively large number yep. for the NFL, aside from when you have crazy injuries or some of the top teams playing some of the bottom teams. And of course, the Jaguars aren't one of the top teams. I think it's very clear now. I don't think I have to go through there. I'm not going to go through the Jaguars last several games and tell you about that because I think fewer you probably know that. You probably paid attention to it. You've probably seen the whole like, every team in the AFC South loses like every week, it seems like, you know, yeah, so yeah. you're probably viewer, if you followed the NFL at all, and if you're here, I assume you have, you probably are well aware of the Jaguars struggles 
as of recently. But what you may not be aware of is the Panthers and how well they've played. We faded them a lot early on in the season. But if you go back, even to the even before they fired their coach, they had some inspiring outings where they're starting mm. to get things together. They lost 28 to 6 to the Saints on December 10th. That was not a good loss, obviously. And then they got drubbed by the Cowboys in a game that there were a couple turnovers, uh, a couple big plays that probably wasn't as bad as the scoreboard indicated. But when you remove yep. those, they lost by three to the Packers. They lost by, they beat the Falcons only by two, but they beat the Falcons. Uh, they lost the Bucks by three. They lost the Titans by seven. Uh, they lost to the Bears by three. They did lose by uh, 15 to the Colts, but then they beat the Texans. Uh, they got drove by the Dolphins and the Lions. It's not a big deal, but I mean, they the, the, the big losses are mostly excusable, and a lot of times they're losing close, right? The defense is kind of hanging in there. As we've said, I think that defense is probably better than number 23. It just, the metrics can't keep up with it because they're, they're constantly in the field because of the bad offense, but I, I like that, like you said, it's trending in the right direction. The defense is still playing well. They're still solid. Uh, and, and Young playing better keeps them off the field, makes them play better. It's one of those spiral up things rather than spiral down. That was what happened at the beginning of the season. Them in Atlanta were the two teams we talked a lot about. The quarterback play was so bad, it spiraled them down, and it made their defense worse when their defenses weren't bad, but they just couldn't keep their defense off the field, and that caused all sorts of problems. And now you're seeing it with Atlanta going to Heineke. You're seeing it with Carolina with a better with better play from Bryce Young a little bit of positive synergism here um, where the offenses are being competent enough to keep their defense rested. That makes the defense play a little bit better. That gives the offense better field position, makes it easier for these struggling offenses to get going. Carolina's got a chance to hang in though. We're taking plus six and a half C grade pick at Jacksonville Rams and giants. Rams might be the ninth best team or whatever it is at this point. Um, <laughs> you know, one of those teams that's like not very good, but you know, someone's got to make the playoffs. It does feel like a year where we could really go to, you know, like a 16 playoff and <laughs> overall yeah. it'd be fantastic. Maybe even play like best of threes or something just to give some really good quality football. But uh, Rams offense, great defense questionable, but I mean, the offense continues to play well. They have so many weapons that they, um, you, you know, help someone football games, uh, you know, now that they're healthy again, giants on the other hand, uh, improve offensively with Tyra Taylor. DeVito actually isn't the worst rated quarterback. DeVito's better than several guys starting in the league right now, according to sideline. The whole time the model has been on him saying he's not terrible. Uh, and I think we've seen that. Tyra Taylor's an upgrade though. Tyra Taylor's a pretty decent quarterback as well. He's, I mean, like, I don't know if I had to say the like the 25th best quarterback in the league. Uh, at, at this point, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy I've been talking about. Same with Brissett. Uh, with mm. Washington, you saw what happened with him, right? Been talking about some of these backups are actually not not bad. Yep. Uh, as much as he improves their offense, they're still number thirty, according to sideline, <laughs> which I think is a testament to the fact they have nobody. They have Barkley, and then their line is just a disaster. Yes. They have no one to make plays. Um, but it, it, at least with Tyra Taylor, and you saw it against the Eagles, like against a bad defense, they can score points. They did it against the Eagles. The Rams defense just allowed whatever it was twenty-two to the Saints, who also don't have a who kind of you know, more defensive oriented than offensive oriented giants ought to be able to put up some points. Rams always put up points. They play fast. They have a great offense. This is a game that we talk a lot of times. It's about the number model says 44.5. 44 is your most common number. 45 is not uncommon to see. And the model thinks 44, 45 are your two most likely outcomes. Getting over 43 and a half gives you the win on both. That makes this worth a play. In my opinion, obviously, we could land 41 or, or, or 48 or 49 or whatever, like any of these other numbers. But uh, the bottom line here being that 
over 43 and a half and you get the win on 44 and 45 in the model thinks that's the most likely of all outcomes in this game is too good to pass up because jared we couldn't go a whole show without throwing some totals in so so yeah this is the road we got we got some totals the back half of the show so uh get excited for the rest of the show if, if you like hearing from cousin totals here yeah we i feel like we segmented the show well where we got our 50 50 games take the plus odds you know we've mm-hmm. got our one spread now we're going to talk about some some totals mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. you talked about tyrod taylor i i was surprised that devito was starting over him after taylor got mm-hmm. healthy taylor mm-hmm. was injured earlier in the season as well i was kind of surprised that devito was still starting you talked about him being the, the let's just say 25th best quarterback or something like that. The, the thing is, is like when you look at where people are actually rated, you had like a lot of the season, you had Ritter and Young, like, like resetting they, the bottom. Yes, they would have been like 60th if I graded them all with backups. Yeah. And, and so like it was really just difficult to describe like how bad the bottom was. So 25th doesn't seem good, but really like 28th to, I don't know. 20th, like not really that much of a difference, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more like those real bottom level quarterbacks are, are really where they were really bad. Um, so I, I think that it's difficult to to say how much of an upgrade that is. Not that DeVito was terrible, but I think it's a big upgrade. Tyrod Taylor has been around for a long time. There's a reason that he starts one or two games every year for a different mm-hmm. team every year is because he is com- completely serviceable. Um, he is, you know, the like very similar to the way Chase, Chase Daniel was for a lot mm-hmm. of uh, a long time. I think he, he's, he's perfectly serviceable there. He came in last week, looked decent against the Eagles. Um, you would say, well, the Eagles defense is not good. And I would counter mm-hmm. that with, well, the Rams defense mm-hmm. is not good either. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that this has all of the hallmarks of a, High scoring game, neither defense good. I think that the Giants offense is better than that number 30, 30 ranking, uh, you know, just just by in my opinion, from what I've seen from, from Taylor in the past. And so sign me up. Like there's been a few teams this year in the NFL where it's like every week playing it over feels good. It may not always win, but it feels good. And the Rams are in that category. Just mm-hmm. every week the over feels good. Yeah, I completely agree. That's why I made the comment at the start of the show that we used the model this week to kind of say. Oh, I, I like this. I like this. These are things that have been working, but the model tells us, no, the number's not right. We pass. This is one where I was like, hey, Giants, I like the over. Like their defense has not been as good and they've been playing higher scoring games and they've been scoring and the Rams love the over. It was like, oh, great. We got a great number. The, the model approves. We're all, we're in, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, to your point with, um, you know, the Eagles defense and what happened last week, I, I just want to comment because we are not covering uh, – we're about to cover the Eagles next. Um, I am really curious to hear. I know there's a few Eagles fans who watch the show. What exactly happened to that defense? Because at the start of the season, the model was on the Eagles defense and thought this team was going to be the best team in the NFC. Great offense, great defense. And that defense has just fallen apart. You saw it last yeah. week for the Giants taking advantage of that. There's no reason they can't do the same thing with the Rams. I don't think they'll beat the Rams. I think it'll be a similar type outcome where the just like the Eagles were mostly in control of that game and it turned into high scoring. I think the Rams will be mostly in control of this game. Yep. High scoring, over 43 and a half, a pretty good pick. Which takes us to the aforementioned Eagles here. And you can see on screen, model has them ranked 18th, which is a testament to the fact that they have some talent, but it just hasn't been there for them. They haven't been that successful. Now, the part of this is the pace. Now, the pace doesn't matter as much in the NFL, but when you get up to this extreme, the Eagles are playing a little bit faster. They are playing a little more hurry up, puts the defense more plays, more points, um, not as many, you know, 
yards per play as much as points per game is going to make it look worse to the eye. Um, but either way, the Seagulls offense is still good. Arizona, competent on offense, not on defense. We're going to go over again. And this is another great number because 48 is a common number. So getting a push on that number when the model thinks 49 on average, that means that our most likely outcomes in this game from a key number standpoint are going to be 48, 51, 52. We get two wins and a push on those. Uh, so we can go over 48 in Arizona, Philadelphia. Cousin Jerry, what are your thoughts on this over? Okay, so we just talked about Philadelphia's defense. I, I won't, you know, wax poetic about that any further, but woof, look at this Arizona defense. Um, this they made the is, Bears offense look good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Arizona just seems like how, which, okay, I was going to say, how did they beat the Cowboys uh, earlier mm-hmm. this season? But Cowboys on the road, um, keep that one tucked in your back pocket for mm-hmm. uh, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cowboys on the road, uh, not 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 great. Um Philadelphia may score 38 points in this game. So something like that. Maybe a ridiculously high number. I don't think that Arizona's offense is going to have to do much to reach, you know, help this game go over. If they get 10, 14, 17, which I think they are completely capable of, mm-hmm. I think this game will e- easily go over. Uh, and the Arizona offense, that, you know, I like to come in here and say that I have an opinion that's different from this. This seems about right. Having the Arizona mm-hmm. offense about average since – uh, Kyler Murray has has come back from from his injuries. Th- this feels about right. This is just Eagles play fast. Defense is not great. Offense is either average or in Philadelphia's case, good. Uh, sets up for a lot of points. This I feel like this is exactly the type of game that both teams want to play. And of course, the thing to remember this time of year is the weather can be a concern, especially in a place like Philadelphia. For the most part, the weather this whole week. 17 slight seems not too bad. It doesn't seem like we're going to have that crazy weather. A little bit of wind, but not a lot. Of course, we are pretty far out here uh, recording this on Wednesday night, but I'm not overly concerned about the weather enough that I'm more excited about getting over uh, such a key number uh, here in this one. So, again, if we have any of those Eagles fans that want to comment exactly as to what went wrong with the defense, I'm sure you you would love to share that in the comments because you probably would love to vent because I'm sure you're as disappointed in this Eagles defense uh, as anybody is. But we're going to try to take advantage of that with this over. Um, I think, like, like you mentioned, Arizona, Kyler Murray, decent. Uh, James Conner, decent. Uh, McBride, tight end, good. At receiver, not as good. Line, meh. I mean, it's just kind of on average, like an okay offense. An okay offense is have been put up some points against the Eagles. The Eagles should be able to score at will here. So mm-hmm. over 48, wrapping us up with the early slate, taking us to the late slate, 4 p.m. Eastern, Pittsburgh, and Seattle. Again, Mason Rudolph, not bad. And we backed Pittsburgh with him as an A-grade pick because – the market thought he was terrible and, and he's not, he, he is yeah. probably better than Trubisky. Yeah. Um, to be honest, but he's still not great. Pittsburgh offense, still not great. They still just don't have a lot of weapons. The defense is there model has number 13. And I think the defense there is getting a little bit of the same penalty that we talk about with some of the teams like Carolina and Atlanta, that when their offense just struggles, the defense looks a little bit worse in some of the metrics because they're kind of just on the field a little bit too much. And that's kind of what you're seeing come through in the rating there because this Pittsburgh defense is obviously very good. The issue is they're going this in this situation to a Seattle team that's very competent. It's kind of the best thing I can say about them. They're, they're solid. They're, they're not a great team, but they 
tend to play mostly what you expect. Like they played the Cowboys well, but fell short. That's kind of what you would expect from a team like this. They kind of take care of business against the weaker teams. They've had a few exceptions to that, but I mean, relative to the NFL, I don't think they've had, I think they've had fewer exceptions than most teams have had in what's always a weird NFL season. So I think it's a 68% likely. So we're going to sneak in a favorite here for you. Minus 175 for Seattle. Took several dogs earlier in the show, but we can take a favorite as well. Only B grade value, but still worth a play. Cousin Jared, tell us why. So first of all, you've got Pittsburgh flying across the country to Seattle, a, a tough place to play in. So, you know, don't don't get me wrong. Travel's not as hard as it used to be, uh, but but uh, a, a di as difficult to travel spot as you're probably going to get in today's NFL is what I would say. Flying across the country, going to play in Seattle. Uh, the last time that Pittsburgh beat a team that wasn't the Bengals uh, was against the the Packers, which would have been I don't know a long time ago, November twelfth. Mm. Um, they have gone six seven weeks since they've actually beat somebody not named the Bengals. Uh, just you know. I don't know why the, the Steelers seem to have the Bengals number. It's a man, weird division. It, it is. It is a weird division. Uh, Every year. But, but man, talk about tough schedules. Seattle, mm. their schedule from the end of October. Five, that five game stretch of Rams, Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. But even go back three weeks before that, mm. you played Cleveland, who. I think still had Deshaun Watson at that point. Probably the best the best defense in the NFL at that point, according to sideline. Ball, at Baltimore. And then they got to play the, the commanders. But yeah, yeah. then uh, Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, uh, you know, 49ers, Philadelphia. And then they got Tennessee last week and, and won that game. I just look at who Seattle has lost to this season, especially at home. And – it's just not teams that are at this level. Yeah. Uh, they they have Seattle has lost to good teams this season, and they have beat teams that are what I would call below average. And obviously, clearly, even with Mason Rudolph, um, Pittsburgh is below average. So uh, for me, this is just I think Seattle at home has enough in the tank to beat this this Pittsburgh team. Uh, Man, like if if Seattle loses this game, it's just because they've got to be running on fumes at this mm. point after that gauntlet of of a schedule they've had. But I, I like Seattle a lot here. Tough tough travel spot, and you know Pittsburgh's just not that great. They barely got it done in Tennessee. That was a tough spot for them uh, yeah. playing the early game, traveling uh, out that way in a game that again we talked about the Titans just a lot better with. Um, Tannehill at quarterback rather than Levis. Uh, they're just a different team with, with Levis is just praying for, for points as opposed to Tannehill who absolutely can make some mistakes, but is still a serviceable NFL quarterback. And, and Levis yep. is not right now. That doesn't mean he won't be, but, but he isn't at the moment. Um, but otherwise I think you make a great point there. You know, they beat the Eagles, very quality win, beat the Browns quality win uh, quarterback situation side. The defense keeps them in every game. Uh, they beat the lions quality win. When you look at their losses, I mean, they lost twice to the Rams. We said the Rams are probably a top 10 team at this point of the NFL. There's nothing to be yep. ashamed of with that. They lost the Bengals uh, at, on the road, right? I think that was when Burrow was start, was playing really well that like two-week yep. stretch where he was like actually healthy before he unfortunately got hurt again. Yep. Losing at the Bengals, losing at the Ravens, losing to the Niners twice, losing to the Cowboys. Like they don't have a single bad loss. And that's what I'm saying. Like they're, they're remarkably consistent. Um you know, and the only way that they're inconsistent is they sometimes get a win that you think maybe they shouldn't, you know, Eagles and and, and Lions and, and and Browns in there would, would be the, the, again, the three best wins. But otherwise, 
they don't have a single bad loss. Yeah. And I would say at home against Pittsburgh, this would be a bad loss. Again, the NFL is weird. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. So we say, don't throw this into every money land parlay. Don't put all your eggs in this basket, that sort of thing, yeah. because anything can happen. But, you know, the probability that they take care of business, given what we've seen from them, is pretty high. Model thinks 68% might actually be a little bit higher than that because I'm just not sold on Pittsburgh as being a great team. Um, we had them as an A grade last week, and that was great. But that was a different situation um, yeah. because the market was like Mason Rudolph's terrible. And now it's like the market's like Mason Rudolph's great. Like, no, he's not. He's, he's yeah. kind of just met. And uh, yeah. that's going to be a tough task to, to win at Seattle. Still one of the toughest places to play. So we take the Seahawks minus 175 in the earliest of the late afternoon games to the other late afternoon games, 425 p.m. Eastern Cincinnati, Kansas City, a, a rematch of – what seems to be the AFC Conference Championship every year, it will not be. No. Uh, this year, it does not look like. Uh, I guess Cincinnati maybe still a possibility, but make the playoffs. I feel like every team in the AFC, other than like the Jets, is is like still technically in it somehow because the the list of in the hunt teams just goes like off the screen. It seems like yeah. In, yeah. in the broadcast now, which is crazy. But uh, Browning, not bad. Um, he's gonna have a tough time against yeah. this Chiefs defense, which you've been touting all season. I don't know what else to say. This is the sixth week now in a row that I have come on here and I have touted the Chiefs defense, <laughs> said their offense isn't that good, and I've said people tease the team the Chiefs are playing and the under. It's worked five weeks in a row, and I keep <laughs> saying it. <laughs> I don't know. And, and, and the market continues to not realize that this Chiefs offense just isn't explosive. And, and here's the thing with regards to totals. A, I think part of what happened last week was Las Vegas' defense, again, is better than we realized. Again, the model really likes this Las Vegas defense. So I don't think – don't look at that and say the Chiefs' offense is done. They're not done. Part of that was the Raiders' defense. Part of what you saw there was that the the Chiefs still are just not explosive like they used to be. What, mm-hmm. the, what does that mean? That means when they score, it takes them a long time to do it. They need seven-minute drives, things like that, which yeah. – it, those long drives can kill half a quarter, kill a, three quarters of a quarter. And if they needed a field goal, you're golden for the under. Yeah. We're going to take the under yet again in the Chiefs game. Under 44 and a half. Talk about 44 is a very key number. I love over, under 45, but Southern thinks 41 is the most likely outcome here. Uh, I, I'm perfectly happy playing the under at 44 and a half. I think it's just outstanding value. And yet again, the market continues to not view this Chiefs team accurately. And I see market, I'm not sure it's a sports books. They may be laughing as well, but for whatever it is and how they're balancing the books and running their operations, they seem to be con- perfectly content um, setting the numbers where they are. We seem perfectly content making money off of it. And whoever's losing money off of it, I don't know what you're doing, but you haven't been watching the show. This is all I, is all I guess. So uh, yet again, let's go under in the Chiefs game. You talk is Okay, so I mean, we're not breaking any news here. Like even before the season started, just the name of Patrick Mahomes was artificially inflating totals for for yeah. Chiefs games. And then you like look at you know some numbers. They lead the league in drops. Okay, so they've got an mm-hmm. issue with receivers. Uh, and then if you listen to Travis Kelsey's podcast, which I don't, um, but I don't it's know if you know if Travis. Yeah, is it called uh, two uh, things at once? I really hope it's called two things at once. No, I don't. I don't think so. But it's with him mm-hmm. and Jason Kelsey. Um, I, I should know what it's it should called, be called. Two not. Kelseys at once. Well, but see, the thing is, is I don't know if you know this, but Travis Kelsey is a little bit uh, popular right now, and so like I wouldn't know why. Yeah, and so like mm-hmm. all of the Travis Kelsey content I get is from like the uh, 
pop culture side mm-hmm. of like my mm-hmm. my ex Twitter Instagram all that stuff. Also, it, he's in like every commercial in the world. Yes, I don't know. How it's, I don't that is accurate as well. Yeah. And and so you so not only did the league and drops, he like on his podcast is like, you know, a lot of times players are like, oh, you know, you know, we're just like one or two things away, one or two things go right, and we'll have this fixed. He's like, we're all terrible. Like all of us have done, <laughs> like have been doing stuff wrong. It, like we need to be held accountable. Nobody's doing their job well. Uh, wow. can't get the running game going. Like he is like, you know, he didn't say it with that much anger but like he's but but he 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 wasn't giving the impression that's like oh this is something that's going to be fixed you know if one or two clean up one or two things this is fixed it's like more like this is a systematic thing and it's going to take a lot of work to get this thing fixed so that's not going to happen in just one week yes yes that's exactly correct it's not going to happen in in just one week you talk about um Kansas City had to take a long time for scoring drives. Cincinnati's in the same boat since Burrow's gone down uh, a less explosive um, offense. I don't know if Chase is going to play this week or, or mm. not. I know he was out last week. Um, I, there's just not much to like with either of these offenses right now. And, of course, Cincinnati defense is, isn't any good. Kansas City's defense probably a little bit underrated um, mm. just, just because they you know they live in the shadow of the Kansas City offense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Kansas City unders just sign me up. Until yeah. I, I I hear somebody um, that's either a Chiefs fan or a Chiefs player or coach be like, oh yeah, we're one one or two things away. Yeah. I'm going to be playing the unders every week because it sounds like it's a lot more that needs to be fixed than than just uh, one thing. It's a it's a great insight for, from you there. I'm, I'm glad you listened to said podcast and could could, could uh-huh. tell us. You pass along that for us. Uh-huh. Maybe our viewers know that already. Um, I, I've watched a lot of the Chiefs teams because they're kind of like one of the ones that are off, always on and yep, people are yep. talking about them, them of course, yep. and, and a popular team and a fun team at times. Um, my, you know, I, I played one year of middle school football, so I'm not a football X's and O's guy. And I, and I hope I've, I've proven to you viewer that you don't have to know all the things, right? You just, gambling is about math. And, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you, you know, hopefully you, you, you've bought into that, that premise. But what I, what I see as someone who's, who's smart and educated about sports is, Kelsey's the only weapon that scares teams. And so they're just focused on stopping Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And otherwise they're kind of letting everybody beat them and say, we dare you to. And Rice has done that a little bit. He still had some drops. He still had some big misses against the Raiders, but he's been the one that will emerge because he's at least been competent. But otherwise that the offense, the receivers just aren't good and they can't beat anybody. And so the defense doesn't have to worry about him that much. And so when you just get to focus and Kelsey's incredible, but but part of what makes Kelsey so incredible is that when you have other weapons, it's like, you can't stop that offense. But when you can focus on stopping Kelsey, you know, it's a lot easier to stop. You saw it against Las Vegas. Mahomes was running for his life. And part of that was the offensive line. Absolutely. I do not want to take anything away from that. Their offensive line got whooped. Yeah. But you know what the other part of it was? Receivers were getting open. And yeah. so part of it is Mahomes is running for his life because his quick reads aren't there. They're not open. He's scrambling around. He's looking up the field. He's wanting to throw the ball. No one's open. So he keeps running. He's running for his life and no one's ever getting open for him. So yeah. it's like, yeah. it's partially the line. They were terrible. Absolutely. And that's been a struggle for him all season. <laughs> but partially it's those receivers are so bad. Well, and, and uh, you talk about focusing on Kelsey. And I think, I mean, not only is he a great player, but it's because him and Patrick Mahomes are so in sync on those things so, that so they played together so long they they, they yes they know what it, each other's so 
when he le- when Mahomes leaves the pocket, Kelsey knows exactly. Okay, I I need to go here. They're, they're really great at reading each other like that when plays go off script. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that relationship with any of the other receivers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that relationship with any of the other receivers. And if he kind of feels like he has a relationship, how many times have other receivers let him down? I mean, Kelsey mm-hmm. dropped some balls this year too. But how many mm-hmm. times ha- has uh, have other players dropped? Uh, Canaries Tony just throwing him out there. How many passes has he dropped this year? So uh, I, I not only like, I think when you focus on shutting down Kelsey, you, you're taking away a big part of that chemistry that he just doesn't have with those other receivers. Yeah. And asterisk, of course, we don't mean to disparage anybody. We, all these players are really good yeah, at football. Yeah, it's just, we're comparing them to the guys who are better. So it's unfortunate, yeah. but, but we don't want anybody to get, get the wrong idea there. Um, yeah. The last thing I'll, I'll say about that. And it, I think you saw it uh, on the Christmas day game. There was a, was a third down or a fourth down. Um, and I think it was to Rice that he wanted him to sit at a certain spot of the zone and threw it to where he thought Rice, this is what he wasn't even scrambling, where he thought Rice should be based off the zone and Rice read it differently. And that's part of the inexperience, part of the lack of chemistry that we've seen all year from these Chiefs receivers, that they just aren't on the same page. And part of it's the revolving door around trying to get different guys in. They traded for a guy midseason even um, that had played with them before. And it's just been one thing after another. And so that's what's led to these unders being great. We're going to continue to do it uh, under 44 and a half there. One more game for you also at 425 PM Eastern, the chargers at the Broncos who it's a good thing. We waited till Wednesday to do this show today. We found out that the Broncos are starting Jarrett Stidham rather than Russell Wilson. That's a big drop off folks. Russell Wilson's by far a better quarterback. He's having a very solid year. He's doing okay. Uh, he's not, you know, a, a top, a top guy, but he's, uh, he's very solid. And Jared Siddham, not great. Um, I think we know that he's been around the league long enough to know he's a backup and that's it. Uh, so that matters. Denver's, you know, defense. We long talked on this show about the model not really liking Denver's defense. And so you may see that rating and you may disagree with it because the narrative has been about their defense. But I continue to say, I really think that Denver wasn't allowing points because of that pace. You see, their pace there is the second slowest in football. They were, and, and not just the pace, they were controlling games with their offense. They were just grinding them out. And so they weren't allowing points, but that doesn't mean the defense was good. Um, and I think you saw that, uh, you know, at times here in recent as they've struggled. Obviously, you kind of throw out the defense against the Patriots because the Patriots offense can get stuck completely in the mud. So I don't really think that, that tells you anything. Uh, but now that Denver's out of it, going to Stidham, that changes the, the dynamic there. The Chargers looked pretty good last week after you know getting that, that bounce from the firing of the coach. have been playing fast. Season. This is a clash of paces right here. Denver wants to go slow. The Chargers want to go fast. I think the market has overreacted to Stidham coming in. He's not a very good quarterback, but this Denver defense... I just don't think they're going to be able to hold up against this Chargers offense. And I think the Denver offense is still good enough to score against the Chargers. I think anybody's good enough to score against the Chargers defense. Obviously, it's not the worst in the league at number 21. But I just don't think this Chargers defense is good enough uh, to slow people down. I think this is such a, you know, on the one side, you have this. On the other side, you have this. And all that balances out. And I'm like, you know what? Why are we deviating from what the average number of points in, a, in an NFL game is, which is around this 43.6. That's pretty close to what the average is. And the model's like, yeah, this seems very average. Every point you can make one direction, you can make another point the other direction. The market yeah. having it at 37.5 implies that they think that Jarrett Siddham's going to come in and they're just going to, you know, I don't know, run three times and pump. But if that's the case, the Chargers are going to score a lot, <laughs> right? So I don't know what the overre- why the overreaction to this is. 
We're going to go over 37 and a half. Cousin Jared, what are your thoughts? The only thing I have to say about this game is that the Denver – okay, so Denver gave up a gajillion points to Miami. We're like, mm-hmm. is this the worst defense of all time? Yeah. And seem, things seemingly got better at that point. But I don't think that we really – okay, so you, you talked about the t- pace, uh, you know, Denver possessing the ball a lot. Obviously, that helps a lot. But I, I, I don't think that we were, like, fully taking into consideration, like, how – that Denver defense was just like hanging on by a thread. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like had things threaded in like all the right places where it was bending, but it wasn't breaking. Mm-hmm. And they were able to mask a lot of issues that they had for a while. And then when the Patriots come in there and they give up half many points, they get to the Patriots who have just been completely inept on offense. It was kind of like, Oh, well, hey. a, couple, a couple of those were defensive, which you know, to asterisk that, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, you have to asterisk that, but still, um, I, I just think that it's, it's, especially with Russell Wilson being benched, which, um, for Sean Payton to say that it's for a spark on offense. Um, that is, that is not true. Um, he's being benched for money. Um, so like this just is, I feel like this has bad things all around, like both of these teams, bad things, but the common thing, bad defense, all of it, bad defense. And I trust that two closer to average offenses will be able to put up points against these two bad defenses. Yeah. And the, the Patriots, obviously, you know, some help on the uh, special teams and, and uh, defense there to, to, to defense, I think to spark the first one of the special teams for the other, one, but they still had uh, the field goal drive at the end, which was, I mean, in, inexcusable uh, for that Denver defense. I think you saw how, how weak the Denver defense was just in that last drive alone. The, the fact that the Broncos had the ball with a minute and a half to go uh, in a tie game and lost in regulation because they couldn't stop they, – they couldn't get anything, and then they couldn't stop the Patriots from getting into field goal range. Field goal. I mean, that's just inexcusable yeah. with how bad the Patriots' offense is. Um, but I think you make a good point there. And, and I think to kind of just emphasize that it's not just the pace – it's not just the like we're churning things around or whatever. I think there was a lot of talk. It, it somehow the talk happened at the time, and I feel like it's got lost in the narrative of Sean Payton saying we have to do something different. And they completely changed their style after that fourth week and said we're going to play a certain style of football that is ball control, ball possession, yeah. not throw it deep, uh, that sort of thing, run the ball, control the ball, try to just, you know, stay ahead of the chains, right? Not try to big play it. And it just completely changes the point total of the game. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the players get better. And that's what the model's picking up on here. You're saying like the players are still not doing well. This Denver team, I think, like I said, has succeeded because of their offense more than their defense. You saw it in the Lions, they give up 42 points. And that's just, the Lions have a good offense, absolutely. But like, you can't. People are talking about this Denver defense as if it's a top ten defense, and I'm like, you can't be a top ten defense to give up 42 to the Lions. And you say, oh well, they only did blah 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 blah. Well, it's like I think they just kind of got lucked into a lot of good situations. We talked about both Chiefs games, right, being the flu, uh, the flu game, and the weather there. And part of that was also the Chiefs, just not as good of an offense. But like, they gave up, you know. 20 whatever to the Bills, who for whatever reason just kind of played their competition. You have 20 to the Vikings, yeah. who can sometimes struggle to score, right? Um, they got the the Browns in the middle of their, I think that was right before they got Flacco and they had like no quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, they, you know, and they got the Chargers, like as the Chargers have like quit on their coach. I think it's just kind of a, I'm just, not, I just think, like you said, it's hanging by a thread. I think it's, uh, it, it's, 
it's mirrors, right? What's the the, the mirrors yeah. and the yeah, smoking and mirrors, a, smoking mirrors, and mirrors in a circus yeah. room, right? One of those things. Yeah, I, I'm just not convinced that they're any good. I'm not saying that uh, they're 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 terrible necessarily. 29 seems a bit harsh, but I, I, the model is just sticking to its guns and just being like, hey, this Denver defense still has a lot of holes. The Chargers with Easton Stick have been okay on offense, and that's kind of all we're saying. We just need them to be okay against a, a rough defense. Yeah. Um, I think to me the bottom line is um, there just there's not a lot that you can be certain on in this game, and if that's the case, the total being this far from an average game is yeah. where we're thinking the value is, especially with thirty eight being a key number. Thirty seven is also a key number. Thirty seven has become less key uh, since the extra point has been moved back and analytics have been two point conversion more common. 37 has become less key of a number, but it's still a key number. So if you happen to get over 37, even better, (laughs) but uh, we're thinking 38, 41, 44 are all pretty reasonable outcomes in this game. Uh, So we're going to go over there in that afternoon game. There is of course a Sunday night game, but if you're looking for a pick on that, if you're looking for a pick on the Saturday game, if you're looking for a pick on Thursday, if you're looking for information on the other games, college football bowls, college basketball, we've got you covered on Dub Club. Again, there is the QR code if you're with us on YouTube. If not, you can click the link in the show description. If you're with us on YouTube, you can still click the link in the show description to lock in the current price forever as prices go up in less than one week. You can also get $10 off your first month. So it's like a double discount here for the holiday season. Cousin Jared. Parting words for people's NFL weeks. Hopefully Jake's back next week. <laughs> I feel like you did well and dropped some great nuggets. Like you just got to keep listening to, to Taylor Swift concerts and uh, maybe, maybe she'll give you some news about, about the Chiefs, right? So hey, hey, my daughter loves uh, Cruel Summer. She loves Lavender Haze. Um, big, big Taylor Swift fan she is. There so yeah, yeah, I get a lot of Taylor Swift. You're, and your daughter's only about a year older than mine and mine could not tell you a single Taylor Swift song or anything. So I, I guess yeah. that's what I had to look forward to in the next year. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Buckle up. Otherwise, everyone have a great week, and we'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm.